Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Sunday, March the 6th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, impunity, which means freedom from punishment, harm, or loss. Impunity. Hope everyone is enjoying their Sunday or will enjoy their Sunday. As always, this is a day which the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. All right. How's everyone? I I really hope everyone's having a lovely Sunday. Uh, Weather here in North Carolina is certainly going to push that forward. 80 degrees today? Beginning of March, came in with a bang. We've had temperatures in the 60s and 70s. And now the 80s. Are we getting that early spring? Perhaps. But then again, it does this during the change of seasons here in North Carolina. Just like much and pretty much everywhere else uh, in this uh, great country we live in. You always know when the seasons change, there's always that unstable air mass, as the meteorologists like to say. And it, it may, may it just may be that. Uh, I wouldn't count the cold air out just yet. <laughs> I just wouldn't. Uh, stranger things have happened. Maybe we will get that early spring. But 80 degrees, I'm certainly, certainly, certainly going to get out and enjoy this. Haven't experienced this type of weather in a while. Hey, sun is shining, like I said. And the birds are chirping. <laughs> you are breathing. Of course, you are breathing. Man. Hey, uh, last night. Wow. That Duke versus UNC game. Coach K's last home game at Cameron Indoor Stadium here in Durham. And it didn't disappoint. UNC came away with the win, though. 94 to 81. Those Tar Heels, they pulled it off after being manhandled uh, a, a month or so ago at a, or a few weeks ago at, at, at home to Duke. They pulled it off. It, it, like I said, it was Coach K's last home game. You know, as we all know, he's retiring this year. Uh, his career, man, uh, I'm not a Duke fan. I'm, I am a UNC fan. There has been most definitely over the years and decades, because I, I, he's been there, what, 42 years? Man. And there has, have been some nail biters and some tears shed during that Duke and UNC rivalry, though. <laughs> hey, I'm not a, a Duke fan. And, of course, last night, since it was his last game, they had all of his former players or a large majority. Everybody was there. Grant Hill, Danny Ferry, you name it. Everybody showed up to support. But uh, like I said, they lost. (laughs) Sorry, Dukies. You couldn't pull it out. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. I said it. But I certainly hate to see him go. Uh, He's had a great, great career. Uh, I don't think we'll see another coach like him because, he, like I said, he's been there 40 plus years. I don't know many coaches in college or professional level that stay at one, stay in one place for all of their career or the majority of their career. So that's what makes this one so special. 40 some odd years at the same institution, same college. He's been there. Uh, and if you don't know much about Duke basketball, when he took over, when he took the helm, man, they were <laughs> Duke was an easy win. I'm just going to say that. They, they just were. They were one of those teams that if you had Duke on the schedule, you could go ahead and put a W beside it. 
he just could. They they weren't too good. Uh, they were flat out horrible. And, and like I said, they they were an easy win. And over the years, he 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 bought them to this point where they're in every year they are in the conversation as being a top seed in the tournament, whether it be ACC or NCAA or even championship talks. They just are. Uh, it's, 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 like I said, it's kind of, it's bittersweet. I don't think, honestly, there will be another coach like him. I just don't for so many reasons and, and on so many levels. And uh, uh, it's not, let's just not forget about his uh, collegiate college coaching career. He was, of course, um, coach of the uh, NBA, oh, well, I'm sorry, the uh, USA Olympic teams, several teams. He was the head coach. Bought some gold home. So, hey, he's had a great career. Sad to see him leave. It, it, it is, even though he's coaching for the wrong team, but it, it's still sad to see him leave. Uh, for someone that loves competition, he certainly bought it. Uh, no no quarrels for me. So, good job. Good job. Good job. And more basketball news. Wait a minute. Hold up. Stop the presses. The Lakers won, and they beat Golden State? Wow. 124 to 116. Ah, I don't think that, don't, don't uh break out the confetti and, and your little blow horns just yet. I wouldn't say they're on a roll. <laughs> I just wouldn't. Hey, the Lakers, oh man, they they have looked horrible. Last night they looked pretty good. They looked pretty daggone good. They got a W and not an L. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll see uh how this uh, how this goes? If maybe they maybe they can't get on the winning streak here. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. And uh, moving right along here, hey, looks like the uh, Durham City Council or the uh, there was a Durham City Council budget meeting sometime last week or late last week, and it has approved the shot spotter system. You know, it still has to be approved by the city council, of course. But you know that shot spotter system—that's the system. That allows law enforcement to uh, horn in and target in on uh, a specific area where shots are being fired. Now, you know, those opposed are saying that, uh, uh, well, it's not a far-fetched idea, I gotta say. They're they're opposed because they're saying it it may unfairly target those in uh, marginalized and over-policed communities. Now that's that. Uh, that, that that's just the political side of it. The social, well, the social police reform organizations or those that support this social police reform narrative. It, it just is, and they're saying, "Hey, it's by a private company that that makes this system, and and they're only uh, horned in and focused on uh, making money." Maybe, but there was one city council member that re- rebuked that. He said, "Hey, I'm not going off of uh, uh, of of." the mindset uh, that they're unfairly targeting marginalized or over-policed communities because I've heard from the residents and citizens of uh, three housing projects, three federally funded housing projects, and the citizens there are saying, no, we need it. We got to have it. And I got to agree with him. I just do. He says he's not going off of fear, but rather, uh, of course, what the residents said in several of these housing authority communities. And they're saying, yes, we need it. Yes, they do. Now, as I said before, and, and, and we talked about this, or I talked about this uh, some uh, sometime last year. Um, yeah, there is a sort of um, uneasy feeling 
with this shot spotter system because it, it may, yeah, or chances are it will, like I said, horn in on those communities where there's a lot of shooting going on and, and there quite possibly could be some that get caught up in, you know, in just the, uh, the, the atmosphere or they have the mindset that they're being unfairly targeted because they stay in these communities and it may discriminate flat out stereotypes police riding down the street they got a call for shots being fired and they see someone walking down the street um or, or a group of uh, black males or maybe even females who knows they are female gang members and they may just unfairly target them i give you that but those residents that stay in these communities are fed up they just are and who could argue with them think about it who wants to live their life in fear every single minute of the day. Now, if you're saying to yourself, oh, it's not like that. Uh, man, those shots can happen at any time. And those, and, and hey, like they used to say when I was coming along, bullets don't have no name. They just don't. Your, their intended target, it may not reach that. And, and we hear the tales. We see it on the news all the time. And some of us in our own uh, families, we hear the tales of those that have been hit by straight bullets. Bullet wasn't intended for some fool or group of fools decided to just run around shooting and those citizens are hit. So I understand the argument that, you know, hey, it, it, it's going to unfairly target minorities. And I understand the argument from those citizens that are saying, hey, we're fed up. And I agree with them. Now, if, if you're saying to yourself, well, they're going to put that system in those black communities and, and, and it is going to unfairly target my, my, the other members of those black communities. But my thing is this. Uh, let's think about it for a second here, folks. If you're re- receiving calls from a certain community, as you say, a certain ma- marginalized community that has a, a shots going off ever, however many multiple times during the day or late at night, wouldn't you want to put that system there? Isn't that where that system needs to be? It's obviously there's something going on that needs to be uh, attended to or dealt with. Uh, I don't agree with the, uh, I can't fully agree with the argument uh, about those in marginalized communities because that's where those gunshots are coming from. They just are. They are just coming from those marginalized communities because you have those, some people inside these marginalized communities or over-policed communities that are out there doing this. It needs to be handled. So if you get this system in there and it can do what it's uh, do effectively what it's supposed to do, and you can train the police officers, however that's going to come come out to, by all means, do it. You got my vote. Now also that what came up was the cost of it because they say they were uh, you know one of the city council members said they were a private company that of course was more concerned with uh, uh, profit as opposed to uh, uh, helping those in the community. Well, that may very well be the case. However many thousands of dollars is this thing is going to cost, or maybe, a, a, I don't know if it's hundreds, hundreds of thousands or whatever, however much it costs. At this point in time, with everything that's going on in Durham, pay the bill. Pay it. Citizens are fed up. They, you know, these people that stay in these communities, because I'm one of them, I work in these communities also. They are fed up with the nonsense. The, the, those 
the uh, elected officials that are on this uh, social police reform. I, I can honestly say, and I rest assured when I say, you aren't doing your citizens any good. Because like I said, they stay in these communities. They live in these communities. They are there every single day. Day in, day out, night in, night out. They're there. They're hearing the gunshots. They're having to hit the floor. The kids are having to hit the floor. Kids can't go outside and play. Sometimes it's early in the morning where the kids are standing at the bus stop. Shots are ringing out. When they get off the school bus, shots are ringing out. So this social reform of of, of you're thinking you're helping these in marginalized and over-policed communities by pulling the police out, defunding. I'm, I'm wondering, and then now you're, you're arguing about this shot spotter system. You have to ask yourself, and I'm wondering, is it really helping those in these communities that are facing this every single day, every moment of their life? I don't think it is. And apparently the citizens that stay there don't, they feel the same way too. It's not helping them. Folks want to change. They don't want to live in fear where they lay their head and pay their bills and try to raise their kids the best way they can. They just don't. So for for those elected officials, like I said, that are on that social reform bandwagon, I, I think your time is running up. Because like I've said before, those that lived in the that live in these communities, they ain't buying it. They have to live it every day. A lot of these elected officials, they don't stay in these communities. Or if any of them stay in these communities. And if they drive by it or drive through it, I, I can rest assured when I say they got the windows rolled up and the doors locked and they're hitting the gas. They ain't hitting the brakes to sit down and talk to you to see how you're feeling. They'll pop up around election time. But that's about it. Or they'll show up at some event. Uh, one of those vigils or some new uh, uh, so another social reform organization gets together and, and has one of what they call we used to call the stop the violence movement. You guys will show up then, but you're not staying in these communities and you're not there. So you really wouldn't know. And hats off to that city council member that say, hey, I talked to those in those communities. I wonder the the, the, the elected officials that are saying they're against the shot spotter system. Have you actually went to these communities and sat down and talked to some of these residents, these citizens? <laughs> They'll tell you a tale. And it ain't that they don't want that shot that shot spotter system in there. They want it. They need it. Like I said, if you have a certain side of town and this is where all your shots are coming from, that's where you need the, the, the more police presence at. That's where you need to horn in and target on these individuals that are shooting these guns off or doing these drive-bys or doing these robberies. You just do. Uh, I can't give you that argument that uh, of the over-policing and, and, and the marginalized and disenfranchised community are being unfairly targeted by the police. I can't give you that because I stay in these uh, stay in the one of these communities and I hear the gunshots too. I can hear them during the day. They they aren't firecrackers. These are gunshots. I know what a gunshot sounds like. I just do. Now it's not as bad for me as where I have to hit the floor, but um, I can honestly tell you from firsthand experience. I've had someone stand in my front yard, don't know what they were thinking, but they unloaded a clip 
directed towards someone. Eight, nine o'clock at night, just sitting in here minding my own business, a regular night. And then I hear gunshots. Then when I go out, I see shell cases in my front yard, right by my truck. Yeah. So if, if you can get that shot spotter system and they can horn in and target target in on and clean these communities up and, and the citizens can start living again and start doing what they're supposed to do, uh, get it in there. I, I, I just I just can't co-sign with that uh, <laughs> uh, those in this, that they're unfairly targeting those in these marginalized communities. I can't give you that. I'm not going to give you that. I just, I'm just not. I'm just not. All right. Let's go get it. All right. Um, wow. Uh, this next story. Whew, boy. It, it, it is. It, there, there are so many facets and so many levels to this next story. I have been watching and, and you know, hey, in my free time, a lot of time, I love to watch uh, documentaries. I just do. That's just me. Many say I'm a cornball. <laughs> Maybe I am, but this, hey, I like what I like. And I've been watching um, and I've watched it four times. I keep going back, looking at it over and over and over again. I've watched this uh, docu-series they have. I believe it was HBO or Showtime, maybe Cinemax, one of those cable uh, network show, uh, networks. Uh, but we need to talk about Cosby docu-series. Wow. Um, let me just say, let me just say, after watching this docu-series, and I know many people are going to say otherwise or think otherwise, but... I have to say, just like R. Kelly, no matter how, how much a fan I am of Bill Cosby, and I am a fan because I can remember him. I remember, of course, the Cosby kids. I, I can, you know, we used to be in school and we would watch, you know, Captain Kangaroo and and, and he had a, a spot on that show called Picture Perfect, you know, the electric company, the reading rainbow. He was on all of that. And, and of course, you know, the Cosby show. I have to say, no matter how much of a fan I am of him, he's a predator. He, he He's a predator. He is. He just is. Um, they had women. Um, I don't believe they had all 84 of these women, but they had quite a, 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 a significant amount of women that were on this docuseries, and they didn't deviate from their stories. All of their stories matched. There was no deviation. There was no slight where you could say, well, wait a minute, hold up. Uh, that, no. They they all told the same tale about him and those pills. Apparently, that's what he was doing. He was drugging women and sexually assaulted or raping them. I mean, he just was. He just was. It, 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 sad as it is, and it is sad. It, it, when I'm watch when I watch this docu series because it's a four part four part docu series that came out uh, January the end of January and then it aired through February. When I watched it, I was just I just sat there in, in just utter disbelief because all of these women, like I said, they told the same tale as to what he would do. He would drug them. He would put it in their drinks. And, and some of the women, they would be out at a club or a bar 
and he would offer them a pill and they were taken. Whether they were what we used to term party girls or loose women or not, for you to give uh, those women drugs, uh, quaaludes is what I think what they, they were referring to or what they flat out said. He was one of those with the quaaludes. To put those pills in those women's drink and then take advantage of them the way he did. He's a predator. He just is. Now, like I, I said earlier, you know, there were some women that said, hey, we were at a club or a bar and he offered me a pill and I took it. And it, it may have been something more than what I thought mixed with the alcohol. Whether that's the case or not, and whether they are what we used to term party gear girls, I can't co-sign with because everyone walking the face of this earth, regardless of who you are, whether your gender or your race or your class or your situation or who you are, everyone walking the face of this earth has a right to say no. And they weren't given that right. He took that away from them by drugging them. Supposed to have been a mentor to some women and he was drugging them and you know, the rest. It's just a fact. It just happened. Now, if you're saying to you after all of this, how can he be out of jail? Well, the reason why he's out is because um, he gave a deposition for that last victim that, that came out. I believe she was a a basketball player or a coach or something at Temple University. During that case, he gave a deposition and it was for a, a civil lawsuit. I guess they figured out, and I quite, I, I never understood that with most of these cases, how you say you can't prosecute them criminally. So you turn around and you prosecute them for a, 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 in a civil lawsuit and receive a, a civil payment. He gave the deposition in which he told in that deposition, he told, yeah, I drugged women. That, that's just what I, I did and maybe that's a part of that culture at that time or during the years uh, I get it, got it, understand that but you drug these women and they didn't have a right to say yes or no a lot of them didn't even know what they were taking they thought they were just having an alcoholic beverage and he slipped a pill in there on them that's a bit too much but yeah he gave this deposition and in that deposition, like I said, he told, hey, I, I, yeah, that was a thing I did. I did drug the women and we would party. I guess that's that's part of that uh, generation, too. But he gave the deposition to one district attorney and the district attorney told him in that deposition, the condition was he, he couldn't be prosecuted for it. It was just going to be used in that civil lawsuit in which there was a payout. Impunity. It's like the word of the day freedom from punishment. That's what he had. No matter what, he could not be tried or called in based off of that. He just couldn't. But another DA came in and said, nope, we're going to prosecute him. And we're going to use this deposition in it too. Huh. Can't do that. That's how he's free. You can't do that. You just can't. So this, you know, that 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 dabbles in and walks right into and sits right down on the couch, and that there's this new social norm, where uh, I understand the, the Me Too movement. I understand the purpose. Hey, I'm not advocating or or standing up for anyone that does anything like this. Um, hey, just like I've said, a murderer is a murderer, a rapist is a rapist, a predator is a predator in my eyes. He's a predator. 
but you can't go against that deposition. There's a, a direct violation of that deposition, and that's why he's free right now. That's why he's out. Uh, that prosecutor or that DA that came in and and and, and through that former uh, DA's that former DA's deposition out and tried to use it and you got him free. Well done. You need to be fired. <laughs> you just do because you went against totally everything ethnical that you were sworn to do and uphold. You went against it to fall in line with this new social narrative nonsense. And it's cost a lot of those women and that particular woman that that was the, the, the head of that case. But a lot of those women, I believe they said upwards of 84 women that they've talked to that all, like I said, all tell the same tale about how he drugged them. You, you've opened up those wounds once again because of your overzealousness or your ignorance, e- eagerness and ignorance to fall in line with this new social narrative. You knew full well you couldn't use that deposition. It's a standing legal document and you used it. What did you think everyone that's going to forget the law and fall in line with this new, like I said, this new social narrative? I think you did. You did. And it backfired. Backfired to the point, like I said, you opened up these women's wound once again because there were a few on there that said once they found out he was free, they were just totally blown away maybe they didn't know there was a deposition but you did the DA and you used it foolishness that's just foolishness you know good and well you couldn't use that document and you did it anyway and you, 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 I guess if you, you, you fooled yourself into thinking you were helping these women but you end up hurting them even more because now they got to live with and they know full well that he's out um these weren't just random women he knew. Uh, he even they, he was even doing it during the Cosby show. During that time when he was America's dad. He was doing the same thing. He had been doing this for decades. Uh, I, I want to say they went back to his early they did. He went back they went back to his earlier part of his career. You know, of course, he was doing the stand up and, and, and whatever or what have you. And then he was, you know, he was doing I Spy. I want to say they even tied it in with I Spy. We all remember that show. Just wow. Wow, man. Wow. Ah, oh, Bill Cosby. Man. Um, like I said, he was someone that, 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 you know, I grew up with. And he was one of those, uh, Entertainers or comedian, he was real big on education. They even talked about that, how he um, reinvented himself to as one that was concerned about education of of minorities and, and all kids in general. That's why he had all of those, uh, you know, those shows, the Cosby Kids, you know, the Picture Perfect segment on Captain Kangaroo. You know, he was appearing on Electric Company and Reading Rainbow. He was. Like I said, I can remember sitting in school and we watched Reading Rainbow or Electric Company or Picture Perfect and, and they would show us that to to uh, help us with our education. Or on the weekends when I could be at home, uh, the Cosby Kids. Love the Cosby Kids growing up. I just did. I love the Cosby Kids, man. And he was doing it. <laughs> he had been doing this for decades. This is just what he did. Yeah. He's a predator. 
that he is. There's no gray area. There's no in-between. You can't say these women were loose. Uh, whether they were or they weren't, like I said, they had the right to say yes or no. I'm sorry. They just did. But another thing that came up that I found quite interesting, all of those women, they said that he drugged them, but none of them could say that they actually saw him taking the pills. Well, I guess someone has to be sober to do your dastardly deed. Wow. Predator. Just a predator. Bottom line. I can't swing it, sway it, mix it. You are. He was a predator. Just was. Man. Wow. Um, like I said, he's out. Believe that they're saying they're going to try to prosecute again. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Well, I'm going to get on out of here. Like I said, it's Sunday and it's going to be 80 degrees, and I am going to enjoy this weather here today. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, not too sure what I'll do. Hey, I, I, I still got to do my little exercise for the uh, colon cancer research. I got to do my 45 squats. And of course, you know, I got to do some more exercises too also. So I'm going to get out of here. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer your feedback. I will fight. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio, Public Verbal and WordPress. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.